This is Live On Purpose Radio, episode 493. How can I be phenomenally successful in my business and still honor my role as a mom? With Emily Gibson. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins, the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. Joining me today is my friend, my mastermind buddy, Emily Gibson. Emily is a serial entrepreneur. Sounds almost criminal, doesn't (laughs) it? It does. She's also a mom and she's a coach and has some ideas for us about how we can do this. Being phenomenally successful in our business, but still honoring our role as a parent, which I think is the most important job in the world. Emily, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. This is fun, huh? I love it. You're a podcaster too. Yeah, I am. I've listened into your podcast. You've been um, doing your research on me. I have. I've vetted you. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also in, a, in the same mastermind group. And every several months, we spend about three days together with a group of 24 entrepreneurs and led by Jody Moore, who is just phenomenal in everything that she's doing. And it's been kind of a fun experience. Absolutely. It has been one of those things where... I sort of did it impulsively, but not really. Mm. I was ready for it right when it happened. And I knew it was what I was supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I have been more vulnerable with all of you than some of my closest friends at some times. (laughs) And the vulnerability, we might get back to that because I want to pick your brain a little bit about what it is that allows you to be so successful. And when I say successful, I mean, different people measure that in different ways. But what I'm talking about is your ability to create and build businesses while still honoring your role as a mom. And I know it's been a journey for you too, Mm -hmm. because it's not like, oh yeah, I've got the formula for this and I figured it out years ago and I'm Mm -hmm. just, I'm nailing it. Mm -hmm. Because we're all in a process or a journey where we're learning how to, to manage that. But I know a lot of people, Emily, who don't stretch or venture into business, for example. And then they use the excuse that they're raising their kids. Mm -hmm. Now I have to say that carefully because (laughs) I know some of you are probably thinking, wait a minute, that's what I was thinking. So maybe today we can just stretch or open up that thinking a little bit to some possibilities. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of brilliant people out there who are not performing at the level that they could because of fears or beliefs that keep them stuck. I mean, I struggled with it myself. I remember Mm -hmm. the only thing I've ever wanted to do when I was growing up, when I was in middle school, high school, I wanted to be a mom, Mm -hmm. a stay at home mom. And I thought I'll become a school teacher and I'll do that until I get married and have kids. It was sort of like this little thing. I was like, I'll just do that in the meantime, Mm. just to keep myself busy. Right. So I went to school. I graduated from BYU, Idaho in elementary education. I taught third grade and second grade Mm. and got married. And then we had a hard time 
having kids, couldn't get pregnant, spent a couple of years, which felt like 15 years. I don't know if anyone mm. is familiar with Rexburg, Idaho, but <laughs> every single week at church, there's eight girls telling you they're pregnant. Oh, wow. And when you cannot get pregnant, it's pretty horrible. <laughs> Rubbing salt in the wound every <laughs> I, week. I definitely have gone to enough baby showers by the time I was 25 for the rest of my life. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, so taught school was able to finally have four children and never planned to work. Put my Mm -hmm. husband through physical therapy school at the university of Utah. He has his doctorate from there. He was, we're living our dreams, right? Yeah. Exactly. As you mapped it out. Exactly. As we mapped it out. Right. And then I fell into an opportunity with a network marketing company called Plexus. And I just sort of ran with it. I never had any plans to do that. I remember Mm -hmm. thinking, I don't do these things. People (laughs) I know don't do these things. This is not famous thoughts who I am. Mm -hmm. And I, even when I signed up, I even told my friend, I'm never going to do the business with you. So don't ask me. And if you do, I'll quit even if it works. And I meant it. Two weeks later, there's no stinking thinking in there, Emily. <laughs> I know. Two weeks later, I was calling everyone I'd ever met in my whole life and mm-hmm. was making a paycheck. And I thought, oh, this will be so nice. I'll just make a thousand dollars a month. Sean can stop working on Saturdays because he was working three jobs, six days a week. Oh, wow. It was basically like we used to joke, it's my house. He just sleeps here. Right. Mm. So he was doing all these things and it, it was the life of our dreams, but not quite because we, right. we couldn't go to, we couldn't like, couldn't go to Disneyland. We couldn't ever take any trips together. We, I mean, it was fine. We were so happy and we had right. so many blessings, but there was part of me that had sort of like lost sight of the American dream. Cause I thought we've done it all right. Like we got married, mm. we, we graduated with our bachelor's degrees, like no debt. And then we have this debt from our doctorate degree, but it's good debt. It's okay debt. And we can't do anything fun with our money. And it's sort of sad. And, wow. you know, so it was like, yeah. I saw this opportunity just to make a little bit extra money. And I thought, I'll just do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it took off. And within six months I was making like six figures. And this is why this is like my special talent is in any business, right? Like at first I thought, oh, I can only help people with six figures in six months in network marketing. Now I'm like any business, bring me any business and I will show you how to make six figures in six months. It's so easy. Wow. I know exactly what to do. Right. And I actually don't do business coaching. So you cannot mm. hire me to do this. But <laughs> <laughs> so we're just teasing you. We're just teasing you with this. But you can, uh, but anyway. But can I comment about that? Yes, please. Because it's not magic. It's not luck. There are principles yeah. that determine all of life's outcomes. Totally. And when you hone in on those principles, you can change your outcomes. It's, it's not magic. No, it, it's not luck either. Right. A lot of people would say to me, oh, you're just so lucky. Oh, you just got in at the right Which time. Irritated you a little bit. I'm well, guessing. at first I was like, I know, right? So <laughs> lucky. And then the longer I did it, the more I became a professional at it. Like 
I view myself as a professional master network marketer. It is, it is my career. It is my, it's my joy. I love it. My coaching community, like I'm certified through the life coach school and I have a coaching community just for network marketers with Christian values. That Mm -hmm. is, I love teaching, not only doing, but teaching. And that's, that's rare, right? You don't see that very often, especially in my industry. And so when I really started to see myself as a professional, it was then that it was insulting when people would say to me, you're lucky. Cause I would think this is not luck. Right. You should see how hard I work. Right. (laughs) This is not luck. I hear you, Emily. I've had people tell me that too. Oh, Dr. Paul, you're so lucky to have this job that you love. And I'm like, luck. (laughs) I made this. Do you know what I've been through to create (laughs) this? The blood, sweat, and tears. Well, and that's not the purpose of of our conversation today to get into all the, okay, what is the special sauce that allows you to create the business? I mean, there's ways to to learn those principles. The how is out there. The how is not the problem, I promise you. Right. If the how were it, everybody would be successful. And it's like our coach, uh, Jody Moore tells us, it's all figure outable. Yeah. So the technology's there, the principles are there. It's not magic, it's not luck. And it's free, you can Google it. I'm curious. Emily, just knowing you, who you are, what your values are, um, your family is really important to you. And I know that sacrificing your family to go out and build a successful business is not an option. Right. So share with us, if you would, what are some of the things that you've learned about that? And what is it that gets in our way? when we try to balance those two things. So this is where the struggle came in, right? Because within six Mm -hmm. months, I had this accidental career and it wasn't anything that I ever saw myself doing or thought I wanted, but I found out I actually loved working and I loved being a mom. And I felt this tremendous inner turmoil that Mm -hmm. I couldn't have both. Right. I was either going to be a good Mormon woman that stayed at home and raised the kids and nurtured the family, or I was going to be a working mom. And it was Mm -hmm. very binary. And I think it is as I've coached so many Christian women across all different faiths, Mm -hmm. it is something that a lot of moms struggle with the binary view of it, this or that rather than all together. And I struggled with it in my spiritual connection, I felt like I was doing something wrong. I had a lot of guilt. I had a lot of, yes, shame Right. where I felt like I had to hide my work. I didn't want anyone seeing me doing it. In fact, Mm -hmm. I had a friend come up to me at church once and she, she said to me, Oh, I mean, are you selling that stuff? And I said, I don't sell it. I share it. (laughs) And, And she said, she said, well, you should really consider like doing it as a business because you're making the company a lot of money. And I thought, I mean, this is paying my mortgage. What are you talking about? Right. And and that was back when I was making pennies compared to what I make now, right? Like now I make over a million dollars a year in all of my businesses. Mm -hmm. And so back then I had so much shame over it. I didn't want anyone to see it. I felt like I had to work where no one could see it. It was like, there was in my mind, again, as a coach, you and I know we create all these stories in our mind, but the story in my mind was that as a woman, 
it was my job to nurture my children. And that meant stay at home, make no money. And then to the exclusion of other possibilities. Yes. And then my husband, he was to provide. And Mm -hmm. in my mind, I identified that as make all the money. Right. And then when those roles switched for us, Mm. it was, it, it was like, I didn't think I was judging others until I was in those shoes. And I realized I was my own worst judge. I was my own worst critic Mm. and everything that I thought was bad about being a working mom. All of a sudden I thought about myself and I felt this tremendous sense of heaviness and weight and guilt and shame around making money. And what did this mean about me as a mom? And I would catastrophize it in my mind, which is like a coachy word that we use, Mm -hmm. meaning like, Mm my kids are going to grow up and be drug addicts and, and predicting get in prison because I'm working. Yeah. yeah. It was like all these things. Right. right? And so I just spent years feeling really guilty and trying to hide that I was working. And it's kind of hard to hide when you're making half a million dollars a year and your husband no longer has to work anymore. But I I would like different about the Gibson. (laughs) I would, I would um, make it. I, so what I did is I tried to make it all look effortless. Hmm. I'm like, I'm not really doing much, just a little here or there. My, my hmm. main priority and all of my focus is on my family. That's how I thought I had to behave, right? You were pretending. Absolutely. And I was totally out of alignment with my own integrity and character because right. of it. Right. Which further made it worse for me. That exacerbates the problem. Unnecessary pain and suffering. It just like layered it on top of layers, on top of layers. Yeah. Yeah. Now notice, dear listeners, (laughs) (laughs) the problem is not the business. The problem is not the demands of the family. The problem is the thinking. What you think about it. It's the stories we create in our head, the narratives, what we're thinking about it. Now, when you were in the thick of that, Emily, you didn't see it as a thinking problem. No, no. I saw it. I made it like a morality issue almost. Which was eating away at your very soul. <laughs> it really was. It really was. I, yeah. I, I never, I never wanted to go to church on Sundays during this time. I, mm-hmm. I always went, but I hated being there. I didn't feel the spirit when I was at church. This was really difficult for me. I felt very burnt out and disconnected from my community. I felt like there was no one else like me out there because everywhere mm. I looked, everybody was a stay-at-home mom. Nobody worked. And it was only something that you did if you absolutely had to, meaning you weren't going to be able to feed your family unless you chipped in and helped. And then it's morally justified. Right. And so I went through this process where I started just wishing that I wish that my husband was the one that was making all the money. I wish it wasn't me. And it was like this Mm. rejection of self that began. Mm -hmm. I spent years doing that to myself, just thinking, Heavenly Father, why did you have to have me make all the money? Why couldn't have been Sean? Why can't we just transfer the numbers? Ridiculous that particular (laughs) prayer sounds. I know. I mean, it's why have you blessed me with all of this abundance? Gosh, so rude of you! (laughs) Don't you know it's supposed to come through His name, not mine? Right. And I, I know that this is just 
a thought, a made up story, but I think it's one that many Christian women tell themselves Mm -hmm. that it would be more acceptable. It would be more religious of them, spiritual of them, if their husband was the one making the money. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the husband making the money. Just like there's nothing wrong with the woman making the money. Right. And I mean, I spent years going through church doctrine, doctrine, not just like interpretation, but doctrine. And I never found anywhere in doctrine that defined the woman should stay home and the man should make all the money. That was just some story you had in your own head. That a lot of us have. Right. Right. Some of those stories are shared and there are all kinds of false traditions that crop up in in any school of thought, really. And it it can be in a religious organization. It could be in a club or a community or in a culture or an ethnicity. But we we perpetuate these and they go on for generations. Yeah, we pass them down to our kids. So I'm, this is so fascinating just to talk to you about your journey, Emily. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can get around to, okay, so what did you do? (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure you're not still stuck in that space. You're still working on whatever you're working on. I've got got new things I'm working on. Yeah. There's always something. (laughs) Spoiler alert, everybody. Once you solve whatever you think your problem is, next one shows up. Step right up. There you go. It's like, it's like a carnival. But talk to us about this one. How did that, or what, here's a better version of that question. What are the principles you were able to identify or the practices related to those principles that helped you to reconcile that? The first thing that I started to allow myself to do, and actually Jody, our coach, Mm -hmm. was one of the people that helped me sort of like look outside the box For the first time, this is, she's really good at that. So good at that. And I found her coaching three and a half years ago and just started her program, just listening to Mm -hmm. things. Right. And then I ended up going through coach certification last year and became a coach, but it was listening to her question people on this and the curiosity piece that allowed me to change everything in my own thinking. And I've never even been coached live by Jody, mind you. Isn't that neat? Never. And I have made all this progress by just listening to others, listening to myself and allowing enough space for me to be curious about what I believe, allowing myself to be wrong about it. Because this is the thing that happened for me. I felt like in order to be a good, like Mormon woman, that I had to have a set of beliefs, which were stay at home with the kid. And nobody's ever said this. It doesn't say this anywhere. It just totally, it's all made up. It's all made up. Yeah. It's just all made up. Right. Right. But in my mind, I had like 300 pieces of evidence of how it was all true. And so it was in allowing myself the space to be curious about that, that felt scary where I thought, oh, that's risky. Am I getting weak in my testimony? Am I leaving the gospel? Like Mm -hmm. it was so Mm -hmm. scary to me to question my beliefs, but in questioning them in saying, where have I seen that? Is that even true? Let's search the scriptures. Let's search the church Mm. doctrine that I found the specific words that said, it's a woman's job to nurture. I nurture my children 
through my work. It is a husband's job Mm. to provide. He provides emotional support. He provides stability. We are doing exactly what that doctrine says. Right. But going into it, I felt like it was mom should stay home. Husband should make money. There is no other way to define Which is a thought, not even yes, a feeling. It's not even a feeling. So there's a couple of things that I love about this. And I have to go psychology mode. Let's on do here. it. Oh, I'm okay. so excited. Because until you see it as a choice, it's not. And when we're, when we're looking at our mind, uh, there's a, a term that I coach on called metacognition. And that's just a fancy psychobabble word. But if you break it down, cognition means thinking. Metacognition is a higher level. It's thinking about thinking, which you can hurt yourself. So be careful. Um, <laughs> that but, prefrontal cortex, it's always getting in the way. It, well, yes. But here's the thing. Thinking about your thinking creates a little space. And in that space is where choice exists. So until we can do that, and this is why coaching is so valuable. That's why you and I have both jumped into Amen. the coaching industry. Yes, It's actually more powerful than psychotherapy. So <laughs> you're allowed to say that. I feel like I've done both. I feel like if I say that it, it's egotistical, but that's just a made up story in my mind too, right? That's just the story as well. <laughs> I'm just so happy to hear you say it. Here's the thing. When you go to that level of metacognition, you are now back in a position of choice. But then there's a qualification here, okay? Because your brain is constantly working on two main projects. And those two projects are to keep you safe, alive and breathing for another day, and to prove you right about what you already believe. Every time. And that's the rub. Mm. Because like you said, you'll find 12, 15, 20 pieces of evidence that whatever your current belief is, is actually true. Oh, you will find whatever you seek. I had another guest on the show. uh, Dr. Richard Nisbet was my guest who made his whole career on studying cognition and thinking and reason. And he said the number one mistake we make as human beings is that we believe what we think. Mm. that's profound and it's where we give all our power away too right so here you are emily an example of yes you can be phenomenally successful in business and honor your role as a mom or whatever other important roles that you have this is not an either or thing the the thought that it's either or is the problem my relationship with my children has grown tenfold as a working mom. Mm -hmm. It has provided me an opportunity to be more intentional with my children. And I'm not just talking about time spent with them. Right. There is this side of me that has developed and been nurtured through this process of the struggle and frustration that comes with growing businesses Mm -hmm. That has allowed me to trust myself more, not only in business, but it starts to, if you, like Jody says, if you're doing it in one place, you're doing it in all the places. Right. I started to trust myself more in business and my fears of parenting teenagers went away. Interesting. It's magical, really. Because the confidence that you get as you start to 
evaluate and choose intentionally your thoughts. Yeah. That's going to impact every aspect of your life. Emily, you do some coaching around this. In fact, you've created some resources for folks, including some little images that can pop up on your phone to just trigger a, a different kind of a thought process. We're going to put a link for that in the description. Emily, tell us what they're going to get if they get your free gift. So when I started realizing that my thoughts ultimately determine my results, I started noticing what I was thinking when I was succeeding in business, when I was succeeding in my relationships with my children, with my husband, with my community. And I started writing them all down. And I kept a note on my phone for years of all the thoughts that I recognized I was thinking when I was creating wild, crazy success. And I had my assistant turn them into graphics. So that's what you're offering us. That's what it is. I totally want that. (laughs) I know. Put them on your phone. Okay. (laughs) Check out the link in the description. Emily's providing that to us for free. Yes. Really? You can do that? Yes, I can. You should do this professionally. (laughs) It's like I do or something. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, thank you so much for joining me here at Live On Purpose Radio today. It's been a joy and a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I just love you so much. You guys, you've heard it from Emily, who is phenomenally successful in business and honoring her role as a mom. It's time for all of us now to apply what we've learned and go live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose.